You are now listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything that's anything with your hosts, David and Brenda. Now, let's get to talking about this and that. We're coming to you from Podcast Land Studio with edition number 30 of This and That. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Brenda, better known as Miss Brenbren. And this is David, a.k.a. Dr. David, a.k.a. The Professor. It's time for This and That, edition number 30, where we talk about everything that's anything. Our free podcast is going to focus on our number three tech edition. Right, David? That's right. Third tech edition. Every tenth edition of this and that, we have a focus on technology, science, so on and so forth. Today is September 27, 2019. The calendar says it's fall. So why is it 88 degrees outside? Climate change is partly a factor. And, and honestly, I'm observant, but I don't consider myself super observant, but I might have to because, I come on, ever since the tsunami that knocked the earth off its axis by a little bit, we've gone through this. Every time the seasons change, right before then, we go back to the season that we're leaving, and then the season changes, and we stay in that old season for a little bit more. So it's not, it shouldn't be a surprise that we've been going through this almost now, uh, at least 15 years, at least in the Northern Hemisphere in the United States. This should not be a surprise. Well, but I was I was going to point that out, that I think the tsunami had something to uh, do with it, but that's a tech update for another day. Yes. Not today. Maybe tech update number four. But right now, we are going to focus on the fact that it's a beautiful day. It's 88 degrees outside Podcast Land Studio. But that doesn't matter. We're going to continue with our free weekly podcast where we talk about everything that's anything, right? That's correct. And like we normally do, we would not be here if it weren't for our podcast listeners, our loyal listeners, or those who may be listening for the very first time. And... All those that are in between. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming to listen to what we have to say on this and that. Thank you for listening in. And as usual, as a tribute to all the folks who uh, listen to us, we want to go through our shout-outs of various uh, cities. First in the U.S. and then around the globe. So let's start with a shout-out to Stockbridge, Georgia. Costa Mesa, California. Ida, Michigan. Loveland, Ohio. And that was in the U.S. If we go overseas, shout out to Vancouver, Canada. Edmonton, Canada. Stockholm, Sweden. And Madrid, Spain. We would be remiss if we didn't say shout out to the U.S. military. Thank you for your service and thank you to those who are listening to this and that, as well as to your dependents. And thank you to the civilian supporters 
that are with you as well. And also, thank you to all the first responders here in the U.S. We've talked about the fact that this is a free podcast, right? Yes. We are also on demand, are we not? Absolutely. That means you can listen to us anytime, anywhere, whenever you choose to listen to this episode, past episodes, or upcoming episodes. And where do folks listen to us? Well, they can find us through their favorite podcast app or website, as well as various streaming service apps or websites. That includes our home base of SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play Music, TuneIn. Those are some of the main ones. But um, as you know, Brenda, I've been doing some checking just to see where else we are. And we are also available on some of the newer sites and apps, such as found us on CastBox in Himalaya. So I would say if you listen to podcasts and you got a favorite app and it's not one that I've listed, search for this and that, this ampersand that all together and you just might find us. Yep, you just might find us. You never know where we're going to be, when, so check it out. Also, we're available on all Alexa voice-assisted devices, smart speakers, etc. Now, if somebody wants to get in touch with us, how would they do that? Easiest way is to uh, email the show, and that's sending email to this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. That's this, the letter N, that, all nine characters together, at sign aboutgreatercincinnati.com. We've got an email distribution list uh, in case all of the above is um, too techy for you. We will send you a reminder that a new episode is out and a link to that, or you can check it out on other means. Speaking of techy, what's our topics for today? Well, today is um, Tech Edition number three, as you mentioned, Brenda, and it is a special edition. It's uh, what we're calling vaping. What do we know? The tech, the science, safety, so on. What do we know thus far about it? Also, you could subtitle it, everything you should know about vaping but didn't know you needed to ask. That's the main subject. That's the only subject. Then we get into words of wisdom, which will come from the inventor of e-cigarettes. Well, this sounds like this could be a very interesting, if not informative, uh, edition of this and that, right? That's what we aim to do, as we call it. It's infotainment. We try and uh, give you information you can use, expand your brain, your mental capacity, but at the same time, not make it a boring, dry experience. Well, this, I assure our listeners, will not be boring, not be dry, because we're going to talk about vaping. Let's get going. Tech edition number three, underway. You are now listening to This and That with David and Brenda. Vaping. What do we know about it? Uh, Here in the U.S. especially, vaping has been in the news recently. So um, good times to break that out and talk about what is this exactly. 
And for those not in the know, they don't know what I'm talking about with this, this verb, uh, vaping is essentially using e-cigarettes, electronic cigarettes, or specific devices to inhale various materials. Nicotine is the main material delivered. It goes into your system as quote-unquote vapor. It's exhaled as that as such, hence the name vaping. All right, so I have two questions off the bat. Is this a replacement for what I would call traditional cigarettes? It was invented in China by Han Lick, the man's name. He was a, or is, a pharmacist and he's a part-time medical researcher. He and a buddy created a company and his point was to try to stop smoking. His father died of cancer and just to back up, 60% of all men in China smoke. Six zero percent It's a huge, huge that's, deal. Having been to China, I can number. tell you. It seems like everybody smokes. It is a huge number. So is that the reason why we always see the place in a smog? Oh, no, that's, that's, the whole other, that's a whole other issue. Now, the interesting thing about that is because of their smog, solar panels don't work anymore in a lot of places in China, although they cornered the market on solar panels, ironically. That's another story for another tech edition, though. But um, he invented e-cigarettes as a smoking cessation device. And a lot of places around the world, including in, in the U, um, UK and the EU, that is the main thing they're marketed as. And there is some, it's one of these things, it's, it's very new, e-cigs are very new, and, and vaping in general. But to put it in context, a lot of people know about the, the study that came out in either 63, 1963 and 1964, the Surgeon General report, that smoking was bad for you. Smoking cigarettes had been around several decades before they came to that determination. So e-cigs were invented, patented, and started to be manufactured in 2003 in China as a smoking cessation device. Never really caught on in China, still haven't quite caught on. They made their way to Europe and the U.S. around, oh, 2006, 2007, started to take off 2008, 2009, but most people didn't really notice. And it wasn't until the Juul device, the J-U-U-L, that vaping really took off, but still most people still haven't noticed. And we'll get into that some more. Um, so that's all that to say, you took decades for the U.S. Surgeon General to say smoking causes cancer, you're going to die, it's bad for you. We've had really about a decade of use globally for the most part. And um, they got to do a lot more research and study and everything else to find out a lot of things. There's evidence to show that, yes, it does help people quit smoking, but it's one of those, it depends on how you use and everything else, okay. what your habit was to begin with and so on. All right. And then my next question, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more that we're going to get into on this, but um, why do they call it vaping? Because you don't put out vapors as in water with this. You're putting out other things. Yes. The industry and everybody calls this vaping. And it seems that might be because originally, the, the and this may be why it didn't take off, Han Lick's device 
originally what what came out was uh, more or less water vapor, but when he sold his his patents, they patented and everything. He hasn't, and he lives in China today. He's not, he hasn't made a whole ton of money. I think the U.S. people would think, oh, this guy's like a billionaire. No, well, of course, it's communist China, so it doesn't work that way. Number one, but number two, that was never his intent to get rich. He wanted, and a lot of the Chinese researchers and chemists who are in this, they're trying to, you know, save their society in some some ways. But um, his original device did spit out water vapor, but when Big Tobacco and others, he sold his stuff to Imperial Tobacco, which is like the Philip Morris of the UK. And Imperial Tobacco, Philip Morris, and all Big Tobacco, quote-unquote, found out decades ago that they could get more people to smoke if they made smoking taste better. And to make, give it the taste, you have to put stuff in normal cigarettes, all these different chemicals and everything else. So... They've done, and other folks in the, the e-cig game, because originally e-cigs, but in the vape game too, they started putting things in there. And then you're right, Brenda. Because you start putting other chemicals in, you're not, it's not a vapor. It's an aerosol, technically. So vapor is always water. It's the gaseous form of water. You know, water can be liquid, or it can be ice, which is the frozen thing, or it can be vapor. Yes, people are not putting out vapor, but this is one of the misinformation. This is one of the myths. And especially the young people, because vaping is a problem with the young, the Gen Zs and tweens and teens. So especially people, for folks who don't know these generational things, folks 39 and under, down to some tweens, like your 10, 11, 12s are, are picking this up. It's a big problem to them because, number one, it's sold as, oh, it's water vapor. So, and, and you don't, it's not burning anything. So it's not like smoking. There is no smoke. Because with smoke, you have to have fire, you have to burn something. So there is no burning. That's that. Supposedly it's putting out this harmless water. That's cool. And then the devices are these high-tech devices. And these kids, they've grown up, even the ones who are in there, they've grown up in a high-tech world. It's hard for us to really understand that. So they look at these devices, and it's like every other kind of thing that they use. So to them, this is smoking 2.0. This is, you know, smoking with cigarettes and cigars and pipes or whatever. That's for us old, quote-unquote, old ancient people, fossils, whatever. For your information, I am not a fossil. Thank you very much. I don't consider you a fossil, but you know that folks younger than us consider us to be fossils, ancient folks, whatever. And that's my point. It's not about what we think. It's what they think. All right. I just wanted to make that clear <laughs> to our podcast land listeners. So... Continue. Are you happy now? Yes, I am. Continue. Okay. The Gen Zs, tweens, and teens. They're doing smoking 2.0 with, with vaping. And that they need to understand it's not vapor. You're, you're ingesting all sorts of chemicals, heavy metals, and who knows what. Because a lot of this isn't even regulated. In the U.S., it's not even regulated. You don't even know what you're putting in your body. And your lungs are not designed for this. The human lungs are designed to exchange what's in air, oxygen, nitrogen, so on, and get it into your body, to absorb into the bloodstream and everything else. It's not made to ingest cigarette smoke, any kind of smoke. These aerosols, it's not made for that. Yeah, when this so first... That's a problem just off the bat. <laughs> when this first hit the market here in the U.S., I did not understand why this was not under FDA control. 
because it seemed like to me this was going to be a problem waiting to happen. See, the federal government would disagree with you. They would say it is FDA regulated. If you try and market it as a smoking cessation device, devices, as you well know, Brenda, devices are the second part of the FDA mandate. You've got like drugs and you have the medical devices and you have food, which is kind of like the redheaded stepchild of the FDA regulatory process. By doing that, they created a loophole. And I think that's why in the U.S., Nobody markets this stuff as a smoking cessation device. Even the new commercials for jewels and to try and say, oh, no, we're not marketing the kids. You hear these jewel commercials and they have these, you know, obvious adults talking about how they switched from cigarettes to, to the jewel device or jeweling. Those people aren't talking about they, they want to quit smoking. They just switched to a, a better way to deliver nicotine to their, their bodies. They're not talking about, oh, I'm not going to deliver nicotine at all. And that's, that's a problem in the U.S. In the U.K. and in, in the European Union, there's strict regulations on advertising. You can't advertise to kids, can't have anything that looks like it's advertising to kids. And then how much nicotine is being delivered by these systems? Because that's the, that's the addictive element. And just another myth, a lot of people think nicotine is what causes cancer. No, lung cancer is caused by all the other stuff in cigarette smoke and the like. Nicotine is just the addictive element. Of, of that, and it naturally occurs in tobacco. So it's not like, you know, big pharma, or not big pharma, but the, that, that, they that, added it in. That addictive element is not healthy for you. Yeah, you can die of nicotine poisoning. This is true, but <laughs> what's, your, what's your point? I mean, everybody would say... The even point even... is, with these devices, you are ingesting higher concentrations of nicotine. Today. That's yes, because of Juul. That's because of Juul. And that's part of, before Juul, and this gets into, uh, I'll come back to it, but not all, not all these devices are built the same way. Not all vaping is the same as other vaping. And not everybody vapes the same way. And when they talk about this mystery illness, which, by the way, folks, is a U.S.-only phenomenon. That's killed, what, eight people Eight so people far? so far and 400-something sicker. I think it's up to 500 now. But if you go around the world, you don't find this. This is a U.S.-only phenomenon. And my opinion, this is opinion now, unfortunately. I can't get the fact, but my opinion, based on what we do know is, and what, how people are using these devices, more than likely people are, are ingesting in their lungs adulterated products. They have nothing really to do with, you know, pure e-cig kind of nicotine stuff or even the jewel things. Because in the U.S., it's one of the myths that all these things are, are um, people are ingesting nicotine. There are people ingesting, you know, in their, into their lungs THC or what they think is CBD oil, the non-addictive piece of marijuana. THC is the addictive part of marijuana because marijuana is legal and quote-unquote legal in some states. So they outright have, here's a pod, and, and I'll get back to what these components are. So I think people are ingesting all sorts of crazy stuff in the U.S. because it's just the Wild West. And other countries, there are outright bans on vaping, like Japan, Thailand, well before this. There's like complete bans on vaping for a variety of reasons. In India, banned vaping or most, most vaping... Um, back in 2014, um, Australia, it's banned unless it's nicotine. And then there's some places where Australia, the EU, and the UK, they outright say 
if you are not a smoker, don't start vaping. Period. Just don't, don't start. It's really for people who are smoking. It's an alternative to smoking. Switch over or, or switch back and forth. But if you don't smoke now, they're like, don't vape. Because you're putting stuff in your butt. It's not good for you. Is what they would say. Okay. And well, technically, you know, that's whether it kills you or not, it's not good for you. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't see anything good about vaping. But that's just my personal opinion. Well, like I said, just from a biological standpoint, you're making your lungs do things they're not supposed to do with stuff that they, that, that's not meant to go into the lungs, period. And the, all these devices have in common, there are all sorts of different devices, but what they have in common is they have, um, they're high-tech devices, so they have a circuit board on them to control various aspects of the device. They have uh, um, um, rechargeable batteries, although they're big box things that, that have you know normal batteries. That's some of the um, normal AA batteries. These, you might see these giant boxes as opposed to these little tiny things. And this is my beef with the TV stations and the like, because they're focusing on like the smaller, cooler looking devices that look like USB devices or highlighters and so on, which of course will cause parents fits because you don't know your, your kid is jeweling because they have these devices that look like just normal school supplies or high tech stuff. But they have an atomizer. Some people would call it a vaporizer, but technically it's an atomizer. And that's what heats up via the heating element and the circuit boards, whatever is in a quote unquote pod and that you attach on and that has your flavoring whatever you're vaping your nicotine or thc plus you know some kind of watermelon kiwi whatever it is creme brulee flavor and it heats it up to like 300 anywhere from 300 to 500 degrees um so that it becomes this aerosol the industry would say a vapor but it becomes an aerosol and then the person vaping ingests that and breathes that aerosol in and, and so on and so forth. And then, of course, it cools down inside your lungs and all sorts of bad things are probably happening there. But um, folks do this, and the reason why Juul took off is because they really put together originally 20 scientists. And I do mean that, folks. These were scientists that came up and developed Juul. It's the reason why Juul took over the market. It wasn't just marketing or whatever. They really looked at why and how people smoke and things like that. Most people who smoke, what they, they do it because there's, there's this, what they call a hit. The back of their throat, there's this, you know, tingle or whatever, and that just gets them off. And, you know, on the back of their throat and a whole bunch of other things. And they looked at how could they get the high-tech device to, to, to mirror all that stuff effectively as well as deliver higher concentrations of nicotine. Because before then, on all these devices, the e-cigarettes, they were cessation devices. So they didn't deliver a whole lot of nicotine. They're like the, and that's why they didn't really take off. Because if you're like a pack-a-day smoker or a multi-pack-a-day smoker, you're taking this little e-cig thing and like, this, this, this isn't cutting it for me. I'm, I'm, I'm having to do two or three e-cigs at once to get what I got from the normal cigarette. And that's where, why the Chinese were like, meh. Jules solved all that because they, again, using science, using chemistry, um, as I said earlier, nicotine is natural inside of, of tobacco. And Philip Morris in the 60s were after the Surgeon General thing. They're like, this is documented, so we know they did this. This is not opinion. They were looking at ways to hook people 
even more because they were thinking in the 60s the hammer was going to drop. And of course it didn't until the 90s, surprisingly. And so they researched how they could come up with devices or ways to, to really concentrate nicotine so they could deliver more and more nicotine to people's bloodstreams and really get them addicted. And they came up with nicotine salts. But the problem with that is the pH level is really high. And I'm not going to get into, you know, a whole Bill Nye Science Guy thing on this. The pH makes it taste terrible. So they kind of shelve that. And Jules' head scientist, um, a Chinese national, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce her name, she came up with what Jules calls on their website their secret sauce. And they took the whole um, nicotine salt thing from the 60s and they made it viable. And, of course, with technology where you can, and you can see what things are made out of um, using gas chromatographs, liquid chromatographs, we know that the, the secret ingredient she used was benzoic acid. Okay, David. Benzoic acid seems like a big word. What exactly is benzoic acid? The uh, simplest answer to that is it's used as a food preservative. By adding benzoic acid to a certain combination of nicotine salt, it brought the pH level down so it tasted good. And they could concentrate in a whole bunch of nicotine. You can read on their website how much nicotine they put in there and how many packs a day that, that is the equivalent of. You're smoking in one, with one jewel uh, pod. And they could also add flavoring to that because, again, it's just like when you got your, you concentrate your liquid Tide or, you know, ivory detergent or whatever it is, you know that that means I can shrink it down. I, I have something that was so many ounces and I can have half that number of ounces and that gives me more space to put stuff. So they could put in all these fruity flavors and everything else. And that's why Jewel took over the market because they had the secret sauce that made nicotine, people were getting the nicotine, you know, massive nicotine hit that they wanted. And also, they got all these fruity flavors on top of it if they didn't want to have a normal nicotine taste or whatever. Well, it's not just adults that are getting into the vaping because of the fruity flavors. And, and they're not all fruity flavors because well, there are but, um, what kind of What kind of stats did you find out around who is vaping? There are, no, there are no good stats, unfortunately, because it's completely unregulated. I found, and for purpose of time, I'm focusing on the U.S. I found lots of stats for the EU, where it is regulated in the U.K. from their, their health office. doesn't help us here in the U.S. In the U.S., the stats you have are where basically one quarter of all school kids from um, really, you know, middle school on through high school, one quarter of them have tried juuling. And almost all of that one quarter are still doing it today. That's the major stat that I've found. And that was from a survey done by CDC and some other folks. That's not good. No, it's not good. It's epidemic. And that's when they started putting out regulation, more regulations. The problem is the Obama administration saw the regulations and all, but they wanted to keep the devices there because they wanted people to get off of smoking cigarettes because their, the, their thing was, no matter how bad this might be for folks, it's safer than cigarettes. So there'll be less costs. It was kind of, you know, tied up in, this is my, my thing, 
tied up a little bit in Obamacare. Everything was seen through the lens of Obamacare and costs to, you know, on public health and everything like that. So even though more, more regulations were put on, on paper and the industry was supposed to say what they list, list their ingredients and do a whole other bunch of stuff by 2016, it was kind of a wink and a nod by this other part of the Obama administration that just said, nah, just keep going, just keep going. And so it's never been enforced. No. I would not say this is safer. I would say this is doing more long-term harm. But that's it, just my opinion. Well, when they say safer, they mean if you compare cigarette smoking and all the heavy metals and things like uranium and stuff you ingest in your body and you're burning things, you're not doing that with jewelry. And we're not getting into the whole adulteration piece. If you just look at e-cigs to e-cigs and even the stuff Jewel's doing, it's quote-unquote safer that way. Now, the problem is, with these kids, what is vaping? What people think of, of vaping and these Juul commercials, that's not what these kids are doing. They're these, if, you, if you've seen these stories about vaping, you've seen that the Juul and these, a lot of these other devices, as I said, look like USB drives and they're really small, then you might see these people with these giant boxes and things that look like straws. And they're clearly vaping because they have these huge clouds. These are called mods or box mods. And typical Mer Americans, we love to hack, we love to tinker, whether it's cars, computers, whatever. Same things happen with vaping. People have looked at the elements of what, what is a vaping device and they've made it completely modular and customizable. You can go in these vape shops or you can go online and you can mix and match. And they give you a list of what mix and matches is with which manufacturer. And these box mods have other, other features that you don't find on you know the jewels and the blues and everything else like temperature control so you can change the temperature around depending on what you're vaping and what flavor you have because a lot of people really into it they're like oh well strawberry if i take a lower temperature you get a better flavor or i get a bigger hit with this and that and, and some of these things you can build your own heating elements and coils and this brings a a, a recent trend in the u.s called dripping what they do with dripping is you have coils and you have cotton around them and the like, and you take, instead of putting the, the, the vape juice in a flavor pod, you pour it onto the coils with the cotton, and it, you know, it burns around the cotton that way, and then you're getting even a bigger hit and a bigger concentration. So my thing is, with what's happening with these diseases and all that, and these illnesses and the like, how are these folks vaping? Are they using Boxmont? What are they doing? What are they ingesting, number one, and how are they doing it? There's some people who vape all day long. Puff, 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 puff. And a lot of these box mods, because they don't use nicotine salts, which are highly concentrated, the box mods are using the old-fashioned, they're not using nicotine salt. They're using what's called freebase nicotine. Yes, freebase, and some of you have been around, you know, freebasing with cocaine and everything else. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing, but you're doing it with nicotine in the device. So it's called free-based nicotine. That's what they call it. I was like, I can't believe they call it this. But they, that's what they call it, and it's technically what it is. You're taking the nicotine inside or whatever you're, you're vaping, and the juice and all and the boiling is just like, you know, Richard Pryor. You listen to when he talks about how he, you know, set himself on fire by freebasing cocaine in the 70s, that whole skit based on what really happened to him and made the news. That's what's happening in these devices at, at even higher temperatures. Well, when folks, Crazy. 
When folks are doing <laughs> the vaping, mm -hmm. um, you know how you have um, the effects of secondhand smoke? Yep. Is there anything like that in the research so far about vaping? Mm. I mean, I know it's early on and probably too early to tell. There have been studies that have been done in the U.S. and in the EU that say, yep, this stuff isn't water vapor and this aerosol does contain a whole bunch of heavy metals and everything else that aren't good and they haven't done studies just like the secondhand smoke to see if they linger around, but they might. Especially with these box mods, because you can have these huge clouds, because a lot of people just like to have a cloud of smoke around them. It's a lot of psychological stuff that goes into this and the, and the researchers and universities that are studying this, that's part of what they're getting into is just psychologically, how are people doing this? And, and, and a lot of their focus is really to get people to quit smoking. And they're trying to understand why. Now they're looking at trying to keep people, get them off of vaping. Because a lot of people who never smoked, these kids, now they're vaping. And now they're hooked, just like cigarette smoke. It was nicotine, but there were psychological aspects to it. If you talk to smokers about how they like to play with the cigarettes and feel and everything else. There's a lot of that going on with these, folk, these kids who vape. There's a lot of that. I mean... And so, yeah, there's, it's a big, big problem we're going to be living with for, for a while, unfortunately. Yeah, well, that's very unfortunate. And, um, and at some point, I hope somebody provides some research numbers on who in the U.S. and globally are actually vaping. Got to do I, the research. I, I know that we have to, to look into it some more, but I have to wonder... Who vapes the most? Um, when I see commercials, uh, I see Caucasian people in the ads. I don't see a lot of African American or other ethnicities in in vaping commercials. Well, so who's being targeted, really? Well, I don't think we can answer that question. All I know is around. You know, we've got a vape shop, as you know, Brenda, near where you know one of the places we frequent. And I've never seen... No, we do not frequent the vaping no, shop. No, we frequent other shops near the vape shop. I thought that was very clear. No, it wasn't. Okay. And that's why I wanted to make that clear. <laughs> but anyway... We do not vape at this and no. that. But, I, but I, observe, I observe who goes in and out of there. And, it, and it's all young white males. I mean, let's be blunt about it. I've never seen anybody over the age of 30 go in there. And I've never seen anyone non-white go in and out. And I've never seen a female go in and out of those vape shops. It's all been young white males. Uh, and, you know, some of them have tattoos and piercings. Other ones look like they're, you know, high school football athletes, even though it's, I thought you had to be, and maybe they're 18, I don't know. But um, that's who I, I see. Now, I think it would be naive to think that there aren't people of color and everywhere else Especially go to the West Coast. Oh, of course. I'm sure there are lots would, of but Asians. But it would be naive to think that others don't do it. But I, I just wonder who does it the most. They need to do the research. They need to do surveys and um, go on, go online, go on social media, and, because and get these if you look at the traditional cigarette, I think that was more targeted towards um, African Americans. And uh, native Indians. No, not traditional cigarettes. Well, no. that's what menthols it seemed like were. to me. Menthols were. Okay, menthols then. Menthols were. And all you had to do was open up old Jet Magazine and everything else, and you saw cool. Everything was menthol, pretty much. Those were targeted. 
traditional cigarettes were just targeted towards um, just everybody, but primarily white folks. And in the old old corner store neighbor, black neighborhoods, you know, your grandmother and whoever, uncle, whatever, they'd say, go get a carton of this or that. Most of the time, it was either a filtered cigarette or it was a menthol cigarette. And, you know, menthol is one of the flavors that they have. And we know from smoking research that most white people in, at least in the United States, I can't speak for overseas, but most white people in the United States, never menthol cigarettes to them was like, Ugh. But African Americans love menthol cigarettes. Never smoke. I can't tell you why. I just know what the data is. So I have to look at the folks who have these menthol flavors, Juul being one of them, Juul the company and other folks, I have to think that the menthol flavor is targeted towards people of color, just from the research, from cigarettes. Well, if you're going to vape, I would say vape responsibly. I would say don't vape. But and if you, if if you never gonna, smoke, don't if, vape. If you're vaping respons responsibly, we don't know what would that means. mean you don't vape at all. Uh, yes. But if you're going to do it, if you have a need to do it, do it responsibly. Meaning get stuff that may not be laced with all this other extra stuff that you don't need to ingest in your system. But they but you don't know. That's the problem. It's not like folks are going it's not like they're going to their their um uh, uh, down to some place and talking to their their drug dealer and getting uh, adulterated pods. That's not what's happening. The Associated Press had two of their investigative reporters because they were even before this these deaths were going down. They they were finding people getting sick and everything else, and they went on Reddit. For those who don't know, Reddit is like an online um, interactive blog. I'll just talk where people share whole sorts of subjects and subreddits and everything else. So they went on Reddit, they went on other social media sites to find out what products people were buying in gas station stores, grocery stores, legitimate places that they were complaining about. This doesn't seem right, this seemed counterfeit. And they grabbed 30 of those products and had them tested in a lab. And sure enough, 30 of those products, none of the ones that were suspect, and they only got ones that were suspect, None of them that supposedly had CBD oil, one real CBD oil. It was synthetic CBD oil or THC. And all the THC products were synthetic THC, which, you know, I know from Nat Geo is known as, um, as, as either K2 or ice. And these are bad news. All you got to do is find a Nat Geo episode about K2 or ice and these things. This is all bad news. And these grocery stores and the like selling it, they're selling products that are packaged coming from real legit companies. And when you go back to the legit companies, they're like, they're just getting raw ingredients from primarily China and whatever else, and they're, and they're packaging together with their stuff. So they're not, you know, baking stuff in a, in a lab or in some trailer park or anything else. That's not, it's the Wild West in the U.S. So that's why I would say don't vape. Nobody knows, nobody can tell you what's in this stuff. Not even the manufacturer. They can't tell you what's in it. They can't tell you what's not in it. And it's not consistent because as part of their testing, if they took product A and they bought product A from, say, a um, convenience store, but then they bought product A in the same city from like a gas station and compared the two product A's, they weren't even chemically the same. All right. So, David. Don't vape. Let's, wrap, let's try to um, bring this, wrap this up at this point. All right. What do we know? What do you want to make sure that our listeners 
walk away with? What do we know? What do we know is vaping in the United States is, is a complete wild west, is, is thoroughly unregulated. Uh, also, what is vaping? Because it's highly customizable. Like a lot of things, we're Americans, so we tinker with cars, we tinker with computers. People tinker with vaping devices, and their vaping devices they can you can buy. You don't have to you know tinker with things like Juul and the like that are that are closed up, closed systems per se. There are systems where you can go and mix and match. We don't know what those are doing, so don't don't vape because we don't know what this stuff is doing to your body. And especially the further you get away from the nicotine-based products and you start going into all these other oils, because they're herbs, Chinese herbs and other stuff people are vaping for a variety of reasons uh, that I'm not even going to get into right now in the interest of time. Just don't vape. We don't, it's a wild west. We don't know what's going on with the devices, how they interact. When you um, aerosolize these products and then they, they break apart chemically. So they might release other products that made them up that are not even listed because of how they were made or what the raw ingredients were. Then it goes into your lungs. Your lungs aren't made to get rid of that stuff. So it can coat your lungs and cause all sorts of, a lot of these breathing difficulties people have is because their, their lungs are getting coated with, with gook. That's a problem. My bottom line is don't start vaping. It is foolish as far as I'm concerned, to ingest something into your body and you have no clue what it is and you have no clue about all the different elements of the delivery system and you're ingesting it into your body in such a way that it violates how your body even is supposed to work. Be careful, folks. Vaping is the Wild West. If you're hooked on nicotine, Use nicotine gum or something like that to get your, your nicotine in your body. Right now, until there's more research and science and the like done on this, it is Russian roulette. Listen to This and That on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other major podcast apps and services. In keeping with our vaping theme, this episode's Words of Wisdom come from the inventor of e-cigarettes, um, Han Leek. People interviewed him for the Guardian newspaper and some other stuff a few years back, and they asked him why, what, what made him think up doing this, having some high-tech device to deliver nicotine and so on and everything else. And he, he, he answered in a very Eastern kind of way with a story or a parable. In ancient times, thousands of years back, 4,000 plus years ago in China, the, what, what is now the lands of China had great floods all the time. And they would build up cities and um, the Yellow River and other rivers would just wipe out these cities over time and people would have to rebuild. They couldn't farm because their farmlands would flood and so on. And um, there was a, an individual, uh, Da Yu, and this individual organized public works projects and water management projects to deal with the flooding. Dayu came up with pumps, channeling of water, and things like that away from uh, the cities and the rivers to where it's needed, like farmlands and other places, putting um, stuff through um, just natural filtration of sand and stones and everything to become potable, drinking water, and everything else. And... By doing all that and organizing and everything else, 
China was able to build up cities, they were able to get their agriculture together to sustain tons of people and everything else. And that was the beginning of modern China. And Da Yu, basically, they made it their leader, and he made it hereditary. And that was the beginning of the Chinese dynastic system. So the message is innovation, doing things a different way, often appear to be counterintuitive. They're going to bump up against re resistance, conventional wisdom and thinking and so forth. But you just got to be persistent with it. And a lot of times, over time, they're going to deliver results that you weren't getting by doing things the normal conventional wisdom way that's been accepted for, in some cases, decades, hundreds of years, thousands of years. And that was his point as to why, to him, it was just a natural kind of thing to come up with this. I'm going to do this high-tech device to come up with delivering nicotine in this efficient way but that would lead to cessation of smoking because you could step down the nicotine more efficiently that way. Comments? Send your feedback to this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. Okay, Miss Bren Bren, that brings us to the end of the show. Does that mean that we can call this and that tech edition number three a wrap? Uh, yes, we can. It is wrapped up, sealed tight, put it in the drum. Can you imagine that this is our 30th episode that we've done of this and that? No, time flies. Time is really flying. And we started out saying we're going to do four tech editions, and now we've done our third. Yeah. I think we're going to get our fourth in before the year is over. Uh, I do believe that's correct. And wouldn't it be great if folks could send us uh, suggestions or questions about what they're curious about that they would love to have us talk about on our next Tech Edition? Oh, that'd be awesome. They could send those ideas to thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. That's this, the letter N, that, at sign aboutgreatercincinnati.com. And we want to continue to hear from you, so let us know what you want us to uh, possibly look into. And I would say they should probably let us know by, what, November 1st? Uh, yeah, November 1st. That sounds about right. Or mid-November, but one or the other. Yeah, so let us know definitely by November 1st if you have any topics that you want us to include in our final tech edition for 2019. And if um, you send it in and we use it, we have a uh, surprise yep. for that individual. It would be a surprise. So um, definitely um, send, us in, send us info and who knows, we might be sending you a surprise in the mail. So, um, until the next time, all the best. Peace out, everybody. Bye, folks. You have been listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything about anything. This has been hosted by David and Brenda and is presented by AboutGreaterCincinnati.com. Music by Poddington Bear. Please subscribe to our podcast 
so that you can stay up to date about future episodes. If you have any comments or suggestions about this episode, future episodes, interested in sponsorship and or advertising, please email us at thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. All rights reserved. Thank you and all the best.